Hi, this is Mark. Hello, this is Matt. And welcome to our podcast, Lessons from the Field, where we talk with staff members from the Austin Independent School District about teaching and learning in our community. Our discussions focus on distance learning and how it impacts teachers and students. Well, welcome back to Lessons from the Field. We're thrilled to have our next guest on for today's podcast. Would you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, My name is Minda Anderson. I'm the proud librarian at Becker Elementary here in Austin. Uh, This is my seventh year as librarian. I taught uh, first grade for a couple years before that, also at Becker. And yeah, I'm from Austin. I'm actually a graduate of Austin ISD. So that's a little bit about me. (laughs) Awesome, Minda. You were, weren't you librarian of the year? Recently, I was trying to remember when that was. Yeah, um, yeah, I was uh, selected, uh, I think it was 2018, 2019. No, okay. I think it's 2017, 2018, um, okay. District Librarian of the Year. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I also recently got my national board certification, um, which was tough, but awesome. <laughs> rewarding. Yay. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. So you're an AISD graduate. Yeah. I think I'm, we can just go ahead and say it. You're one of my former students, an incredible flute player. Where did you, <laughs> where did you, where would, remind us, where did you, elementary school, middle school, high school, what was your path? Yeah, so I went to Patton Elementary um, and then Covington for a year and then transferred to uh, Keeling Junior High. Um, and then I went to Austin High for a year and then transferred over uh, to the Liberal Arts and Science Academy. That year, they actually joined um, the Liberal Arts Academy and the Math and Science Academy. So, And that's where I graduated. That's right. So you came to Keeling before we added the sixth grade in yeah. that additional building. That's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very cool. Long time ago. <laughs> it was. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome, Mark. I did not know she was a former student. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. aging yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we can cut that from the podcast, Matt. We don't have to <laughs> let everyone know how old I really am. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you for sharing that, Minda. We appreciate that. Um, so to get us started for today, um, one of the questions that we have is, Can you talk to us about your current reality working with students and families in your role as a uh, campus librarian? Sure. So um, at my campus, I and the other special areas teachers, PE, music, art, um, we have been creating weekly video lessons um, and activities um, and posting them in the various platforms that are Uh, classroom teachers are using. We took a long time trying to figure out how to partner with our teachers to make sure our students had access to our um, curriculum without overwhelming families and students um, and giving them five different places to go to (laughs) to find all of our lessons. And so we decided to just partner with them and host um, either in Seesaw or Google Classroom or Blend, whatever they're using. Um, weekly. And so then the students just in their own classroom can see and respond to our activities. So that's been a challenge, but really interesting. And I've learned a lot. (laughs) That's Um, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And 
Then also I've been visiting classes in Zoom meetings, um, and that's usually the highlight of my day is, you know, getting a, getting to be able to, you know, listen to the kids and see what they're reading and just talk and yeah, I miss their faces. Absolutely, absolutely. So how, how often are you able to get into Zoom meetings with teachers and students? Uh, it depends. Uh, some days, you know, there's five classes and some days there's zero. Um, oh, wow. It really, it's, it's difficult because, you know, there's so many different factors going into the scheduling. And, and also, you know, so at the campus, we have, you know, a set schedule that, you know, we can work around, but, you know, we have a lot of challenges to um, overcome right now you know, and so there's no, you know, campus-wide schedule that we can, so it works well for the classroom teacher, you know, that flexibility, but when, you know, I'm trying to reach 450 kids, <laughs> it's pretty difficult to try and schedule, so um, yeah, it just, it just depends on when it works for my schedule and the teachers, so. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, that, that is a lot of kids to, to be able to reach. Yeah. yeah and I sure. can't even imagine how, you know, some of the librarians who have like 900 kids are, are doing it. Mm -hmm. So I consider myself lucky. Yeah, that's awesome. You had mentioned Seesaw, Google Classroom, and Blend. Can you tell, because I know our, our audience is going to be very, with use of technology, kind of, you know, in all different kinds of uses or age ranges or things like that. But um, and also skill level, right? So uh, can you talk to us a little bit about like what Seesaw and what Google Classroom and what Blend has looked like for your teachers and students that you support? Sure, yeah. I'm actually my, our campus's um, Campus Innovation Connector, um, which is a position that helps um, classroom teachers, you know, think about innovation and technology. Um, and at this point, a lot of them are past me um, because they've, you know, been able to play around a lot more than uh, they usually have time for. Hey, stop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. We, we have a special guest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my sister's cat <laughs> clawing <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> um, sorry. So I forgot what I was saying. So we were talking about Seesaw, Google Classroom Blend. So um, in the elementary grades, I've really been trying to work with our teachers um, to learn Blend for the past few years. It has been challenging because Blend, you know, was originally, or Canvas was originally created for um, college courses. And so scaling it down to elementary um, is doable, but um, a little tricky. And so our principal allowed our teachers to select the platform they were going to use um, for activities during this uh, distance learning. And the majority of our grades uh, chose Seesaw, which is super kid friendly. It's, it's like Canvas, but created for young children in mind. Um, it's, you know, very simple in the physical, you know, in the visual layout. It's really intuitive. And that's what, yeah, most of the, teachers are using. Um, so it's been interesting to learn, you know, a new tool. I hadn't personally used it before. So yeah, I'm a big fan. And Google Classroom, our third grade team has been using Google Classroom now for several years. And so most of their students didn't have a big learning curve uh, to be able to access, in, you know, their curriculum. Um, and so 
for special areas, we just created our own uh, classroom that then the students just had to add to their account and then would be able to access our, our video lessons and activities. Um, and then in Blend, our fifth graders are using Blend. Um, and also we're using a, a campus community course um, that all the families and students have access to. Um, oh, and wow. so okay. mm -hmm, we, we worked really hard to create that um, at the beginning of this year in response to some feedback about our communication as a campus um, from a family survey last year. It's been challenging, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just teaching families how to log in and access it. But, you know, it has been nice to be able to have an internal site where all of our families can go to to access um, information that we no, don't necessarily want available to the general public. So, can you um, elaborate a little bit for the community? Yeah. Like, how do they? How do you make it so that just your families have access? And what sort of information are they wanting to see? That's I, we haven't heard of this. I don't. Think yeah, that this is the first time. Through. Yeah, we haven't heard this. Yeah, well, um, all campuses um, in Austin have what's called a, a community course, and all of the students and parents are automatically enrolled in this course. Um, and so we look at it kind of like an internal website where we could post things like field trip dates or passwords to resources that you know, we aren't able to or don't want to post on our PTA website, for example. And so that was one form of communication we wanted to really um, build up this year. And we've gotten, you know, a good number of uh, participation, not what we want, but, you know, it's just our first year. So each grade level has um, a page. And what, what we were doing during the school year was, so at the beginning of the year, there was just an introduction to the teachers and you know their plan for the year. And then uh, bi-monthly, they would update um, a newsletter that would be accessible through their page. Um, and I did one as well in the special area teachers, counselors. So there's a lot of opportunity there. Again, it's our first year, so we'll see what it looks like next year. I guess I didn't realize that there was a, a campus community course, um, so it's good to take advantage of that. That's something I just learned. And then you mentioned Seesaw, and it's very exciting right now because the district has a district-wide subscription. So I think the use of that, people's comfort with that is only going to grow over time. And so I've heard from a lot of our young learner teachers that that this is a good thing that they're yeah, rolling out for, for sure. I would hope that the district sees the the benefits and continues to invest in it um, in the future. Um, I know a couple of our classroom teachers were already using it before distance learning um, just because of its ease of use. <laughs> so Minda, I'm wondering if you could share um, how your role as a librarian has sort of shifted or, or maybe it hasn't. Um, you know, I imagine that, you know, a lot of times kids would come to you looking for, hey, Miss Anderson, I, I want a new book to read or help them find, you know, age appropriate reading materials. And so I'm wondering, what does that look like now? If you're still able to do that, maybe using online resources or 
other resources or you're seeing some of your responsibilities shift now? Can you, would you share a little bit with us about that? Sure. <clears throat> well, being a librarian, you know, in our campus, I, I focus on relationships and that's been hard <laughs> as, you know, distance learning has continued. And so transitioning from what does that, you know, physical space allow for with relationships to, you know, connecting through Zoom classes and video lessons, um, that's been challenging. But it's it looks more like, um, you know, continuing to um, give my lessons each week, as well as curating our digital library and um, assisting teachers and families navigating our digital resources. Um, so it's been a lot of, here's the login for this, and here's how to navigate that, and this is my favorite resource for this. And I do sometimes feel like you know, when we're on campus and I try to um, teach uh, teachers about digital resources, you know, there's a, a percentage that are really interested. Um, there are some that just can't, you know, listen right now, and I understand that, you know, there's a lot on their plate. And so I'm able to jump in and partner with them on that. So yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. And I think when you had talked about curating resources, I, I know I, in my uh, in previous position, I was a, a tech coach and I would work hand in hand with our campus librarian. And, you know, when I would deliver PD to, to teachers on campus, I'm like, Hey, you know, is there anything that, you know, resources that I can share with the, with the teacher for their students? And so I think as a librarian, that that is very important that you're able to offer, you know, the a, a whole source, you know, or resources, you know, that that they can pull from. So that's that's fantastic. One of the things that I kind of just wanted to ask you is with being in an online environment now, there are things that are just operating very differently. Right. And so you, you kind of did hint at, at these types of things earlier, but. I'm just wondering if there have been any new opportunities that you've discovered um, over the course of the last few weeks that maybe weren't in place before. Yeah, sure. You know, like I said, I wasn't familiar with Seesaw at all. And now, you know, I can teach a class on it. <laughs> so that's been fun. But also, yeah, our, our digital library um, specifically, you know, I have over 20,000 physical library materials that now I don't have access to, the students have access to. Well, when looking at our eBooks, we have over 21,000 eBooks and digital resources. Whoa. And so, oh, you know, wow. yeah. <laughs> so again, like in the physical library, you know, it's, it can be overwhelming. And so to have a librarian to be able to talk to kids, to teachers about their interest and do what's called reader's advisory, you know, we can transition that to the digital space in a digital library. Um, and so I've been pulling out, you know, different groups of uh, themed um, ebooks. So like for Earth Day, I pulled out, you know, some books on Earth Day, you know, learning about the earth, um, etc. And also curating books in English and Spanish uh, recommended for each grade level um, so that kids can go directly to those groups instead of scrolling through 21,000 <laughs> ebook choices that might not, you know, be appropriate 
or, or, you know, accessible to them. So that's for me been really exciting. I've really enjoyed, you know, playing around and learning uh, more about what we have. I wasn't familiar with a lot of, you know, the features and in our eBooks um, in that digital library. So that's been fun. It's interesting because just this morning, Matt, at our team meeting, we were bringing up working with the Library Media Center and all of the digital resources available for teachers too, not just not just students. And so um, we're working with, with some folks there in a collaborative way to see what's available and how do we get the word out to help support staff as well. Yeah, they're amazing. I know they were working um, during spring break right after, you know, we started getting news about school being canceled and partnering with different departments um, to make sure they knew about some of the resources that were already available um, to our our students. So they've been working overtime and I know they would love to partner with (laughs) y'all. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so you sparked the question right when you said that. So how, like, can you kind of just talk us through the process of what what it looks like for students or parents or whoever to access these eBooks online? Yeah, sure. So um, we have what's called a, a eBook platform, and that's just you know a way to access our eBooks, and it's it's called Mac and Via. Um, it's actually a free um, site that organizes our digital resources for us. And so I like it because I know it's not going away (laughs) next year in a couple years when we can't afford (laughs) to pay for it. Um, It's just a way for us to um, easily navigate um, what we already have. And so um, that is either available through the portal. So uh, students can log in through their um, student login in the portal. And there's a tile in their dashboard for Mac and Via, and it will automatically log in to their account in Mac and Via. And then they can check out books on their account, just like in the physical library. Um, and so that way they can, you know, mark a page and return to their space in the book, etc. cetera. Um, but for the younger kids, I recommend um, a lot of the, our younger kids don't use the portal. And so I recommend that they just go to, macandvia.com um, and oh, then okay. our generic campus login. And those are those accessible through um, all like phones, tablets? I mean, d- d- all devices, I guess is the word. I'm all devices ask. that have internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's also an app. Oh, cool. It's oh. pretty um, intuitive. I've also um, really enjoyed partnering with uh, AISD TV. Um, I don't know if y'all have heard that. Um, the district, you know, television uh, department has been working on creating content for um, students who maybe don't have an, a device right now, um, and they're um, broadcasting um, content oh, that wow. teachers are creating. Yeah, so I didn't, we. I didn't know that. Yeah, we didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's really exciting, and and to me, it kind of you know goes back to PBS and you know that kind of direct access to our kiddos who. Um, yeah, again, might not have devices. So uh, I've been um, partnering with them to create a story time corner, um, which has been really cute. And if you tune in to AISD TV daily at 1030, <laughs> uh, you can see me or other AISD librarians um, sharing some of our stories. Once again, 1030 AM. Yeah. AISD <laughs> Channel 22. TV. 
Channel 22. Yeah. Well, I thought I you were going to bring up, was it the board? I saw you. Was it a bo- little board thing, Minda? You were on a recording doing a book in Spanish or something. Am I remembering that right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I actually right. do the majority of my story times in Spanish because um, we are a dual language campus. And so one of my parents really enjoyed my story time. And I know the school board was uh, looking for a way to honor librarians and libraries for National Library Week and School Librarian Appreciation Week. And so a high school librarian, Emily Hirsch at Navarro, talked about the importance of reading right now, Um, just letting your kiddo read, read, read as much as possible. That's the best thing you can do for your kiddo at distance, you know, during distance learning. Um, And then they shared some of my story time as well, which was really special. That was, yeah, that was neat to see. I didn't mean to get us away from the Channel 22 because this is really intriguing. Is It's the work that they're doing primarily to help early learners because some of them will have more challenges using technology access. Is that their prim- primarily their focus? Yeah, I think that's part of it. And, and also the district's focus as far as providing devices has been for third graders and up. And so I think this is also partly to address the younger learners that don't have uh, devices. But I know they also are working on secondary content um, to show in the afternoons, I believe. Excellent. So, Mindy, you've kind of talked a little bit about this, but I'm wondering what are some of the more pressing challenges that you or your campus has encountered and, and what are the opportunities that you're that you're taking from these challenges to to move forward with teaching and learning? Yeah, well, I mean, as most people can imagine, there have been a lot of challenges. <laughs> but specifically, I'm, I'm thinking of mental health as, as a challenge. Um, I personally have a lot of anxiety. And so the first few weeks were really hard to, you know, adjust to this new normal. And you know, think of trying to teach in a pandemic was pretty overwhelming, as well as thinking of my family. And I, I don't have uh, children at home, and I can't imagine what some of my coworkers have been going through having, you know, children and then also trying to teach. It's just overwhelming. So that has definitely been a challenge. But, you know, it is a new normal. And, you know, I've found ways to adjust and, you know, you move on. So yeah, it's been interesting. Another challenge has definitely been, you know, there are so many things that I can do right now. Uh, I get, you know, excited about like different, like you said, opportunities and, you know, things that I could learn about and and innovate with. And I can uh, go on a dangerous slope of overworking myself and burning out. Um, So I have to really set hard boundaries. You know, I'm not going to respond to an email at eight o'clock at night because now my workspace is in my home and I don't have that, you know, very clear boundary of work is at work, home is at home. Um, So that's been challenging, but yeah, you do what you do. (laughs) And then of course, you know, connecting with our students has been interesting. (laughs) You know, the first month or so dealing with you know, all kinds of different access, you know, to devices, you know, it is getting better with um, more and more of our students receiving Chromebooks from the district. 
but it's definitely been a challenge, especially for our younger grades. Um, you know, it's not natural for our younger students to learn um, from a screen. You know, we, we want to minimize that screen time. And so, you know, we're having to come up with creative ways of engaging them through our lessons, but then, you know, asking them to go and do an activity where they move their body, where they get off the screen, etc. So that's been, it's been interesting. Although, so last week I, <laughs> I uh, read a story, a, a Spanish uh, yoga story um, to my pre-K, a pre-K class thinking, okay, we're going to move our bodies, you know, and I was reading outside, like, this will be great. This is something that we don't normally do in the library, but it ended up being them watching me do yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was me and the teacher and one student and, and another sometimes, and then the other like eight kids who were at the class (laughs) just sat back and watched us. (laughs) So, you know, they might be there, but, you know, it's a challenge engaging and, you know, connecting over cameras. So That's so funny. In, in my mind, I just, I had it, I'm like picturing these kids, like just sitting back on a couch eating chips and just watching these teachers exercise. <laughs> that's oh, that's exactly the what happened. That's the visual <laughs> I had in my head. <laughs> And I was so excited, too. I was like, okay, we're going to do yoga. You know, it's going to be great. We're going to be lions and snakes and, you know, whatever. No. (laughs) It was Senorita Anderson being a lion. That's that's awesome though. Like that that's so like for me when I'm hearing you describe that. I mean that's that's like so out of the box, right? I mean that's like you know something that like you mentioned may look different than what you would have done maybe on campus. And so yeah, I mean like I said, it's been really fun to you know feel like I can be a little bit more creative and and flexible and innovative in uh, my lessons. Um, and now I'm thinking, well, we should do yoga in the library. Like, what's stopping us? You know, so it, it has been fun in, in that way. That's awesome. So I think this is a, a great segue to a, a question that that we did, you know, ask that you take a look at. And, and so have there been any new discoveries that you've had that maybe other teachers might not know about? For me as a librarian, um, my new discovery has been how my job is not tied as much to the physical space of the library as I thought it was. You know, we can be really flexible and, you know, connect with students um, about reading in in lots of different ways. This week, you know, in my lesson, we talked about spring and I asked the kids uh, to take a video of themselves reading outside. So if the rain cooperates, Um, I'm going to get lots of cute videos of kiddos reading their favorite book of the week outside, you know, which we wouldn't really be able to do in the library. So I don't know if that's, I think that could apply yeah, to a classroom teacher as well. You know, how much your teaching is maybe not tied to that, you know, physical space of the classroom. And I'm sure a lot of my coworkers have discovered the same thing. And, and also I feel like I've discovered how, again, how much the relationships with my students are really, you know, priority number one. And, you know, I can form relationships and, 
you know, continue to nurture those relationships even through a camera. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's allowed me to be, I think, a lot more flexible. Absolutely. That's great. That's great, Minda. Well, Minda, we really appreciate the time that you took with us this morning to visit with us. We have just a couple of random questions we're going to throw your way. No pressure. Okay. Let's just let's just see how you go. So what's the first thing that you're looking forward to doing when this stay-at-home order is lifted? <sighs> Hugging. <laughs> I'm a big hugger, and it's been really tough to not be able to, you know, just reach out and hug someone. So Mr. Mr. Kids and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure. What favorite Austin restaurant? My favorite Austin restaurant in general. However um, you choose to interpret the question. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of Tarka. Um, it's an Indian restaurant and they have actually been doing uh, carry out. And so I continue to support the, our local business. <laughs> awesome. Where are they During located? The quarantine. Um, over in Sunset Valley, Brody and uh, Ben White. <clears throat> Although I think there might be other locations. Okay. And and what was the name of it again? We'll give them a shameless plug. Tarka. Okay. T-A-R-K-A. Awesome. Awesome. Do you have a favorite place you get tacos from? Uh, La Mexicana. Um, it's a bakery over, I want to say on South First, uh, close to Becker. They make Ooh. really good breakfast tacos. I'll have to check that out. Breakfast tacos. That's good to know. That's good to know. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our discussion for this morning. Matt, is there anything else you wanted to kind of get? Sure. Yeah. So if you can just give us just maybe a little snippet of advice for teachers as they continue to navigate the online environment for the rest of the school year, what what would you say to someone? Breathe. I use breathing and mindfulness a lot in the library and I've seen how it can help us calm and recenter and and come together and so I know that teachers might be feeling pretty overwhelmed still and so I just encourage them to breathe and take a step back and really just focus on on the kiddos but yourself I mean you can't help the kiddos if you know you're overwhelmed so just breathe. It's a perfect way to end. Yep. Yay! Love it. Cool. Can I plug our summer reading list? I didn't know where to say it, but... Um, yeah, the, absolutely. So um, the district librarians have been working on uh, recommended book lists for the summer, uh, which we have been doing the past years uh, since Dr. Cruz, our awesome superintendent, challenged us to create um, summer recommended book lists. And so if you go to fivebookdive.org, and that's five, the number five, so fivebookdive.org, you'll find Spanish and English recommended books to read for each grade level. Um, for the summer. Most of them are available either through Mac and Via through the district ebook platform or online through the Austin Public Library. And hopefully we'll be out of quarantine midway through the summer <laughs> so we can start going back uh, to the public library. 
So yeah, if you're looking for what to read next, check out fivebookdive.org. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Please be sure to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, and SoundCloud. These podcasts are produced by the Professional Learning Department of the Austin Independent School District. Follow us on Twitter at AustinISDPL. Until next time, stay safe, my friends.